1: That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card
0: required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
2: Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more.
1: Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Phillips Roku TV today, online, or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody?
3: Man, you talk about absolutely wetting yourself. I mean, just full-blown wetting. That's what the Chiefs just did. <laughs> Oh, just a choke job, de jour. Are you kidding me? They're up 21 to 3 at halftime. Did you get the feeling watching that second half? Where it's just little things that would happen. And big things, not all little things, but there'd be a a missed opportunity here and there. Early in the game, it was actually 12 men on the field for the Chiefs. They sacked Mariota, were pushing them outside of field goal range, and they had 12 men on the field. And that led to the Titans' first points. So even when the Chiefs were up 21 to 3 at halftime, they were still doing little things where I'm like, I just, if there's ever an opportunity for a big comeback, it's this game. I should have tweeted that so you'd believe me. I should have tweeted it, time stamped it, took a picture next to a clock where I said, It's 21-3 right now. Check the time. I still smell a possible comeback. I didn't know that the Titans would come back and win, but if there were ever ingredients that are essential to a comeback, it's the Chiefs at home. I don't know what it is. They've lost their last six, six games at home in the playoffs. Six straight losses. And you see just these things, these missed opportunities, one after another after another. Orson Charles, it's a great name for a backup tight end. Orson Charles, yes, drops an easy third and two completion that would keep a drive alive late. You have the Harrison Butker missed field goal. The guy's been money all year long. Got a holding penalty by Demetrius Harris, which negated a long first down run by Alex Smith. All these things accumulate. That holding penalty led to the 4th and 9 for the Chiefs. Turned out to be their last possession. And Alex Smith throws it deep downfield. It's like, first off, 4th and 9, why are you throwing a deep ball? And of all quarterbacks to throw it, why is Alex Smith just airing it out on 4th and 9? If there's ever a time for Alex Smith to throw a short pass and just keep it, you know, within 5, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, that was the time to do it. It was just one thing after another, man. One thing after another for the Chiefs. And they kick another game. And I'll tell you this, it's not all just the Chiefs screwing up. Because you got to give the Titans some credit here. Titans just absolutely ran the ball down the Chiefs' throat in the second half. Derrick Henry had a couple of big gains. Mariota. Mariota just up and down but made enough plays. Horrible interception in the first half, made some shaky decisions, but that Chiefs defense, goodness, a lot of open receivers, a lot of big chunk plays, and Mariota did enough. He did enough to get him there. And the Titans tried. They tried to assist the Chiefs at times too. They went for two twice, and the Titans missed it twice. (laughs) It should have been 24-21. Or at the very worst, you give up a field goal, it's a tie game. They were in a position where if they give up a field goal, they're trailing. They're down. So the Titans did what they could. They tried, but the Chiefs said, no, 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 it's okay. You don't need to help us out. We'll, uh, we'll complete the choke job on our own. Thank you very much. It's okay. Yeah. Here's actually, this was unbelievable too. The first touchdown for the Titans, Mariota throwing A touchdown pass to himself on WGFX 104.5 Titans Radio Network.
2: Mariota takes the snap, looks to his right, looking, looking, flushed out. Now back to his left, pumping, throwing into the end zone. No, he kept it. Dove for the end zone himself and got in. It was batted back to him. He did throw it. He caught it for a touchdown. Touchdown, Titans. (laughs)
3: Like that. Only that play, I swear, would happen to the Chiefs when they're at home in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's just this is like weird stuff happens to certain teams. That play would happen to the Chiefs when they're at Arrowhead and have a big lead in a playoff game. It was twenty-one to three at that point. And the Titans, if you remember, they had it what second and goal from a foot away? Derrick Henry was tackled inside the one yard line. And there was, a, there was a motion penalty. There was a false start on the Titans that negated a touchdown. So it turned out to be third and goal from the six. And that's when Mariota, who is a whisker from being over the line of scrimmage, throws the ball, gets batted up. He catches it and dives in Superman style. That play will not happen to the Patriots at home in a playoff game. Will not happen. It won't. At least when Brady and Belichick are there. Because why is that Papa Bear? Yeah, because they cheat. They cheat. That's the reason why. Yes. <laughs> uh, there'll be plenty of bickering slash uh, debating, arguing between Papa Bear, Ryan Smith, our technical producer, and myself this evening, because he's all sorts of giddy with the Patriots article, ESPN, Seth Wickersham. Great name for an inside journalist, right? We need some in-depth, inside investigation. Let's get Seth Wickersham on the scoop over there. So Seth unfails all these dirty secrets and all this stuff, which which leads to what? Do uh, you think Bill Belichick's going to leave? you expect him to go? Something that Papa Bear said right before the show. It was a great, great comment by him. And there are a lot of fans that would feel this exact same way. For all these people that talk all this trash about Bill Belichick and the Patriots and all this, they're cheaters, they're no good, they're low lives. If Bill Belichick ever leaves the Patriots, you know how many of those same fans would be saying, Bill, pick us, pick us, Belichick, come over to our team, come coach our team, we need you. (laughs) You know that's true. It's just so funny, man. All that stuff goes right out the window. If he's thinking about coaching your team, it's just, it's the perfect way to put all that stuff into the proper perspective. 877-99-ON-FOX is your phone number. You can also tweet me at the No Show, NOE Show. I'm Brian No, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. So what happens next for the Chiefs? You think about that. What do they do with Alex Smith? Alex Smith played great. <laughs> he had a great game. And all of a sudden they just wet themselves and they lose a playoff game. And now what? What do you do? You look at this guy, he was almost perfect in the first half. Look at his stat line. It's what Alex Smith ends up with. 264 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks. It's virtually flawless. And then you just get the Titans putting together some drives, some dropped passes. That's not Alex Smith's fault, by the way. Tyreek Hill had a couple of drops in the first half. That guy might not have had an incomplete pass in the first half if it weren't for those dropped balls. So Alex Smith, now all of a sudden, he goes from leading 21-3 to to losing the game and what? Maybe being out of a gig with the Chiefs? Because they're going to think to move on from him. you got Patrick Mahomes waiting in the wings. You might get some good value for Alex Smith. You had um, NFL Network's Ian Rapaport. He was talking and reporting that they might get more than the two second-round picks that the Chiefs traded to initially get Alex Smith. You think about that, man. That's tough for the Chiefs to pass up. You get a little bit more than two second rounders for Alex Smith when you moved up to get Patrick Mahomes? That's an interesting question right there. That position. Do you love Alex Smith so much that you're going to delay giving the keys to the Chiefs to Patrick Mahomes and turn down that compensation, which you could use to recoup what you used to get Patrick Mahomes? I think you move on. And it's a shame because Alex Smith, you're talking about one of the most underrated seasons in the history of the NFL. Seriously, that is not blowing anything out of proportion. That's literally what happened. This is the most, uh, one of the most underrated seasons the NFL has ever seen before. Alex Smith, all he did was lead the league in passer rating, 26 touchdowns, five picks over 4,000 yards passing. They win the division, they have a stranglehold lead in the wild card round against the Titans. They're leading by 18 points at halftime. Alex Smith does nothing wrong. He didn't make this horrible decision. Didn't have a wide open receiver on third and 14, and they had to convert in a key situation. Nothing. Nothing. Played great, and now he might be on the Browns or whoever. You know that's unbelievable. You talk about a strange career, Alex Smith. Number one overall pick, stumbles out of the gates, you know, out of the blocks with the 49ers, but they had a horrible roster. They finally start upgrading that roster, and he's playing pretty good football. Playing pretty good. They win a playoff game, right? They beat the Chiefs. I'm sorry, the, the Saints' huge comeback when he hit Vernon Davis for the game-winning touchdown. You fast forward a little bit from there, I mean, NFC title game against the Giants and Kyle Williams muffs the punt and they lose and the Giants go on and win a Super Bowl. And then the next year, gets a concussion and that was his last time on the field because Kaepernick took over. And so he's at the Super Bowl. They were a whisker away the previous season from being there. They finally get there and he's a backup. Now he goes over to the Chiefs playing great football, then he's probably going to be out of a gig. He's probably be going elsewhere. It's unreal. It really is a strange, strange career for Alex Smith, but it's a weird deal because we kind of live in the past with Alex Smith, where his reputation has been set, where he's basically a game manager. People barely budged off of that this year, where he's more than just a guy who's limited. And that's what people really mean when they're saying game manager. He's okay, you could do worse, but he's limited. That's what they're saying. He's better than that. And yet, he could very well be out of town. Because what do you do? You commit to him for long term? You're not going to do that. Look what the Patriots just did with Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't trade up to get Jimmy Garoppolo. Yet Alex Smith, he's got a handful of years left. Alex Smith could have... Two, three more really good years with the Chiefs. You're going to leave Patrick Mahomes on the bench that whole time? I would fully expect Alex Smith to be elsewhere. And it's <laughs> it's believably unbelievable. Right? I think that's the best way I could put it with Alex Smith. I understand how we're getting to this point where he's probably going to be elsewhere. And yet at the same time, with what he's been able to do this season, it still is unbelievable also. It's a strange deal. And then Andy Reed. Andy Reed. It's funny how reputations get set, man. There are other guys that could have the exact same resume as Andy Reed that would get nothing but absolutely lambasted. I mean, just crushed. And people are like, "Yeah, Andy Reed's pretty good coach." <laughs> It's crazy, but The reputations of those two guys, Andy Reid and Alex Smith, the reality doesn't quite match the reputation of both. alright seven seven ninety nine on 877-99-ON-FOX. That's your phone number. As always on Twitter, at the No Show, NOE Show. Rob Parker, he was in for Willard alongside Chris Broussard, so I'm flying solo tonight. So a lot more opportunities to be interactive tonight. Not that there aren't with Rob, I'm just saying it's a solo show. So it's a little bit easier for me to have a conversation with you guys than you to be the third wheel when it's robbing myself. So you got chances. Hit us up. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. Is this good news for Patriot haters or awful news? I'm Brian No. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Rams and Falcons underway from L.A. And the Falcons go three and out. (laughs) Both teams went three and out, actually. First possession, so scoreless, just two minutes gone by. I'm really curious to see how the Rams' defense plays tonight. Um, and also, that to me is the, the true question this evening. I'm, you know what, to be honest, I'm excited about all facets of the game, right? When the Rams have the ball, I want to see if the Falcons can slow down Todd Gurley. If so, if Jared Goff, if it's pretty much all on his shoulders, how's he going to handle that? And then the the Falcons, are they going to be able to generate enough offense against that Rams defense? Rams are 28th against the rush. So if they can get Devontae Freeman moving, if they can get him going, I think the Falcons have plenty to match points and even score more points than the Rams. So we'll see how this one unfolds. But I mean, a lot of questions, a lot of questions for the Rams. As great of a regular season as they had, it's a different ball game. Playoffs, the whole thing. And here's the deal. A couple of things. Rams were 4-4 four and four at home this season which is surprising. Now, it's a little bit of an asterisk because they didn't play their guys in the final game against the 49ers, so really it's 4-3. and three. But as good as the Rams' season was, 4-3 and three at home is surprising. I'm surprised that record isn't a little bit better because they were so great on the road. And the other thing I keep on hearing going into this game that drives me crazy, that Matt Ryan is 0-2 in the wild card round. Who cares? Why is this being talked about? Do you realize what Matt Ryan, what his record was before they went to the Super Bowl last season? It was 1-4, okay? And they had a 28-3 stranglehold lead against the Patriots and they did a Chiefs home playoff game impression and wet themselves and didn't win the game. But they got there. They got to the Super Bowl after Matt Ryan was 1-4 in, in the playoffs. So when people recite these stats, like, well, you, you know, Matt Ryan is 0-2 in the wild card round, What are you saying? You ever see the movie Two Guns? Very underrated movie with Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg. Have you seen that one, Papa Bear? You're a little bit more of a pop culture phenom. Have you seen that? I missed it. You missed it. Gavin, have you seen the movie (laughs) Two Guns with Denzel and Mark Wahlberg? I
4: don't even think that's an actual film. I've run through his IMDb page several times in my life, and
3: that's... (laughs) Nowhere near. Also, it's an actual film, and it proves my point that it's an underrated film. I'm no, not saying no, it's going to change no. your life if you go and see it, but it's a good movie. It's I a will, good flick. Well, first of all, I will not watch anything with Mark Wahlberg in it. Why? Okay? What, what, because what, he, he's tied to the Patriots? Yeah, he's a Boston fan. I hate that Unreal. accent. He's
5: a, Unru- he's a stupid little man. I don't like oh, him.
3: Before this goes in a completely different direction, you told me just before the show started, as much as you hate Bill Belichick, if he left the Patriots, you would want him to coach your team. Is that not true?
5: Okay, here's the thing. Okay, we're right? right. Get, so, no, so, how can
3: you want Belichick no, but not want anything to do with the Mark Wahlberg balance, movie? You got to bring balance. Bring balance back
5: to the NFL because the NFL is corrupt right now. He's got a bunch of cheaters called the Patriots out look. there. They need to be sunk. They need to be stopped. Look, look, evil. look, look,
3: look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. First off, you're a crazy person. We're going to circle back to this in a second. But what I'm saying with the movie Two Guns. Denzel Washington, he says a line a couple of times in that movie. He says, "You're say you're saying that to say what?" So if you make a statement, he's like, "Okay, well, you're saying that to say what? What are you really getting at?" And that's what I think applies to this stat about Matt Ryan being zero two in the wild card round. I channel my inner Denzel from Two Guns. You're saying that to say what? That the Falcons are going to lose because Matt Ryan is zero and two in the wild card round? Or are you just... Just throwing out stats. Just eh, just so you know, he's 0 2 in the playoff in the wild card round, but uh, I'm picking the Falcons. It's just sometimes people recite stuff without thinking about it. <laughs> Do you think the that the Falcons? Falcons don't have a chance to win tonight because Matt Ryan's 0 2 in the wild card round? <laughs> You're picking the Falcons tonight?
5: <laughs> this is Matt Ryan. He's barely above Andy Dalton.
3: He's he's way above Andy Dalton. When has Andy Dalton he, ever won not, an MVP? Dude, Are you kidding? Dude, Matt Ryan's on a better team, okay? What? what? Look at Andy Dalton's weapons to throw to. It's not like he has jump change around him. A.J. Green's one of the best receivers in football. Look, he's I'm, nowhere near. Look. He's nowhere near Matt Ryan's level. I'm saying that. How dare you? How dare you bash Matt Ryan by putting him in that type okay. of company? I'm
5: saying I'm saying that to say this, okay, okay. Brian? Okay. uh-huh. uh-huh. Last year, Matt Ryan had a chance to, to destroy the forces of Eva. What happened? He,
3: he chose So this, it makes sense now. I see. I see what's going on here. I see. So he had a chance. He had a chance to take down your hated Patriots, and he didn't. So now you hate his guts, and you think he's on the same level as I loved as him, Dalton. trusted him, and he betrayed me. Tack McKinley with a sack on Jared Goff, who, I don't know, they're unbeatable, huh? The Jared Goff-led Rams, no chance that the NFC champs from last year could have, have any chance to take down Jared Goff. You kidding me? How do they not have a chance in this game? The Falcons are being so undersold in this game, it's not even funny. Not even funny. I'm picking the Falcons outright. You heard me. I'm doing it. I'm doing it right here right now. I do. I think that Devontae Freeman, he's going to have a good enough game, he's going to find enough creases where it's going to open up their offense, and I I take Matt Ryan over Jared Goff in a playoff scenario. I'll do that. I'm not scared. You hear any flinch in my voice? There's none. There's no hesitation. I I, I, I
4: do notice that you didn't make that bet until the Falcons safely had the ball and... and you
3: know really- oh oh yeah because that changes everything you know i was waiting for that third and two to see if they converted and if they did i was just gonna ease right back into oh no not taking the falcons goodness it's scoreless right now the falcons have the ball at their own 10. you know what i need to do a better job of in 2018 gavin i, I have a whole list I- if you want I <laughs> yeah can me too to you. <laughs> yeah
5: we all have a list here in alphabetical order
3: <laughs> You guys jumped at that, huh? Man, you're harboring ill feelings toward me. I'm going to get to your list in a second, but one of the things I need to do a better job of is not take a comment that's clearly made as a joke seriously. You know, like Gavin's just joking around. I see how you didn't make that bet until they had to punt right there. It's clearly a joke. Why would I take that seriously? Why? Why am I Mr. Serious Pants all of a sudden? You know what I'm saying, Gavin? All right. So what's uh, What else is on your list? What else do I stink at that I need to do a better job of? Oh no, no, no. We, we got to tease that. We can't do it right now. Oh, we gotta, okay. yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. If I take you can't a little just bit. jump all over that. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. All right. Coming up next from the Geico Studios, some Top Gun music will go perfectly with this Patriots story. Man, you talk about something overblown, which is a common theme when it comes to the Patriots. But we've got Steve DeSager here. Steve's going to spin us around. Steve, is there anything on your list that I need to do better at in 2018? <laughs> anything at no, all? No,
0: I've heard plenty of piling on these 30 minutes. I, I'm not saying anybody's perfect. None of us is. But congratulations, you're a fine host. I won't pile
3: up. The, well, I mean, Steve, uh, constructive criticism can make me, make me a better host. Constructive, I, I definitely. On this
0: show, yeah. I think, I think uh-huh. you need to go elsewhere if you're looking for constructive. Okay.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> if guy, you think of anything the guys I'm are all chuckling. Ears there, Steve, They they know this show. <laughs> Exactly. As you mentioned, early minutes at the Coliseum, Rans and Falcons are scoreless. Did you know Kansas City, in absolutely gagging that playoff game at home Ugh. today, Kansas City only ran 12 plays in the second half until their final wow. drive, that final drive which ended on a fourth and nine incompletion with a couple minutes to go. Tennessee somehow wins 22-21 over a Chiefs team. That franchise still has not won a home playoff game since the 1993 season. 0-6 mm. at home in the playoffs over that stretch. Alex Smith, two touchdown passes. He was sacked four times. The Titans trailed 21-3 to in the third quarter. Marcus Mario to two touchdown passes, including one to himself on a tip pass. Coming up Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Buffalo at Jacksonville. It's the Bills' first playoff appearance since the 1999 campaign, Jacksonville's first in a decade. And then on Fox TV, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time, Carolina at New Orleans. Panthers and Saints, two of the top rushing teams in the league. They average about 130 yards rushing per game. Carolina does have the number 3 rush defense. Of course, college football national championship game is Monday night. As for the NBA scoreboard tonight, Celtics win again, pulling out a victory at Brooklyn, 87-85. Cleveland is now leading 75-64, early third quarter at Orlando. And Golden State beat the Clippers for a 12th consecutive time, beating them in L.A. 121-105. Steph Curry, 45 points in three quarters of work back to you
3: how about that stat steve 12 offensive plays for the for the chiefs in the second half just 12 until the last drive yes okay until the last drive and they had (laughs) they had a handful in that last drive would they have a good yeah it was i think a nine play drive but it only got them to
0: about midfield when they had the incompletion late
3: Man, man that is a Major league choke job. Now, how does Kareem Chiefs, but...
0: Hunt get 11 carries?
3: We have I a guy know.
0: leading the league in rushing. He's about five yeah. yards per carry for the season. 11 carries in a home
3: playoff game. Wow. Well, and on on top of that, you you got to try to milk the clock a little bit too. You know? Yeah, you wanna, with a lead. How lead? about that? Yeah. 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 Milk it a little bit. So there was no excuse not to give him the ball. It's not like they were trailing by 18 points. And I said, well, they they were trailing. They're trying to come back. No, they had the 18 point lead. And you That's mentioned
0: Kansas City had missed a 48-yard field goal attempt late in the third quarter, wound up losing by a point. After that yeah. missed field goal, Casey only had two drives the rest of the game while Tennessee had two touchdowns and took the lead. Mm.
3: Yeah, man. it's a, And it, they find ways, the Chiefs, it's not just that they lose. They lose in the worst possible, <laughs> like rip-your-hair-out-of-your-skull type yeah. way. If you're a Chiefs fan, like, Harrison Butker, he didn't miss the field goal. By five feet, he hit the upright, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just the way it happens when the Chiefs lose a or game Or the like close that.
0: calls, like, oh, around halftime, didn't we get that fumble and sack? No, they called him down with the whole forward progress thing. And then, the, of I course, know. the fans in the stadium oh, and the fourth thought uh, that they had the return. for. By the way, another punt in this game, that's four straight, three and out in Rams hosting Falcons. Four drives, four three and outs. Fortunately, though, for Atlanta, they've just recovered a fumbled punt.
3: Yep. Looks like a muffed punt. I'm sure we'll get a replay of that, but the the Falcons would be in business right around the red zone. It, it hit two yeah, Rams, yeah. in fact. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Um, so it's going to be Falcons football. But you know what? Real quickly, though, Steve, you mentioned something that was interesting from that Titans game. Now, that, that was their first field goal in the first half where... Um, Jeff Triplett didn't rule that it was a fumble by Mariota, and that was a horrendous call. He ruled that the forward progress had been stopped. That's right. It was virtually a simultaneous hit and fumble by Mariota. That definitely was a fumble. That was a blown call right yeah, there. Yeah, if you were
0: saying that, then you're saying pretty much every sack is stopping yeah. forward progress because right. sacks from defensive linemen, quarterbacks usually going backwards.
3: Yeah, uh, but I thought that I thought Kelsey fumbled the ball when he got knocked out And that was a huge, huge loss for the Chiefs not having Kelsey on the field. But I thought that Kelsey fumbled it, and they didn't review it. So I thought it was a wash. I thought it was a wash with the bad call when Mariota fumbled, and it was a bad call to not review it when Kelsey fumbled because that ball was out. Yeah, He'll and I, his knee was I down. think
0: it was on the forward progress one, was right before two-minute warning, so could have been challenged, but then once they say forward progress, sorry, you can't challenge it, even though you yeah. you would have that right on other plays. The Kelsey injury, the guy in less than a half of football had 66 yards receiving and a touchdown on only four catches. Yes, that would have
3: made a difference in the second half. Absolutely, it would have. Hey, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'll tell you, man, it's just a lot of little things in the playoffs. Especially, think about the NFC playoffs. There isn't much separation at all between any of the six teams over there. So a lot of this is just going to become general execution and doing the little things right, where you have the Rams. They played great defense forced another three and out for the Falcons offense and then Blake Countess. he's a backup safety. He's just around the punt returner, Farrell Cooper who is dynamic and the ball hits his foot. and the Falcons are in business now. It's like what are you doing? <laughs> you can't let the ball hit your foot on a punt return like that. That is a that's a small thing. You just pay attention to details. It's a small thing that turns into a monstrous turnover early in a game. That stuff adds up, man. It adds up, and it plays a part in every scenario from this point on. Say the Falcons score a touchdown. All of a sudden, that changes your philosophy as a play caller, how every one of these situations stacks up from then on. Just got to do the little things right. All right, so I've been saving this. I need to get to it. All these Patriot haters. Oh, they're just loving this article on ESPN.com talking about a power struggle between Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and all this stuff. and It's the beginning of the end of the Patriots and all this. Here's the deal, man. The question is this. Do you think that this article is good news for Patriot haters or bad news for the haters? I think it's bad news. I actually think it's awful news. Because here's the deal, newsflash, a lot of franchises have friction, okay? Do you think that every franchise, they just go skipping off to Applebee's and get like a two-for-20 meal to get? No, it doesn't happen like that. There are owners that aren't on the same page with head coaches. There's friction. Sometimes players don't get along great with head coaches. That's just the way it goes. But do I expect Bill Belichick, this is it, he's gone, forget it, Because he wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I don't see that happening. And I'll tell you this. Until it does, this is nothing but a bunch of noise. It's nothing but a bunch of noise that doesn't turn into anything unless Bill Belichick leaves. That's the truth of it. But I asked for the Top Gun music from our guy, Papa Bear Ryan Smith, on the ones and twos. Because I thought this would really bring out The joint response from Robert Kraft, Belichick, and Brady. They all got together and they came up with a joint response. That's what they said. For the past 18 years, the three of us have enjoyed a very good and productive working relationship. In recent days, there have been multiple media reports that have speculated theories that are unsubstantiated. Highly exaggerated and flat out inaccurate. The three of us share a common goal. We look forward to the enormous challenge of competing in the postseason and the opportunity to work together in the future, just as we have for the past 18 years. It is unfortunate that there is even a need for us to respond to these fallacies. As our actions have shown, we stand united. The only thing that was missing was the little salute. A salute to Patriot Nation. <laughs> From Kraft, Belichick, and
5: Brady. <laughs> You're such an apologist for the Patriots. <laughs> of course they're going to say that. Oh, yeah, and by the way, I, I'm I'm sure they all sat down and wrote this statement out. Yeah, I'm sure they all sat down. Yeah, pass me a drink, Tom. No problem, Bill. Let's write this joint statement. Yeah, it's a PR person wrote that.
3: Get out of here. It's just so funny. The Patriot haters, they they get so giddy, like, oh, they're not getting along. They're not getting. And what? And what? What? Unless Bill Belichick leaves and goes elsewhere, this is nothing. It's absolutely nothing. And you know the other thing is, all this is going to do is fine-tune their approach to the playoffs. So they're gonna They feed more? off of stuff like this. <laughs> they feed off of stuff like this. When the outside people are like, oh, there's infighting, oh, they don't get along, and oh, they hate each other. Another reason to doubt them. They live off of stuff like this. You kidding me? All this is going to do is fine-tune Tom Brady's focus it's not to say that he wasn't focused whatsoever before this, but it's just going to make him that much more locked in and harder to beat. This isn't good at all for Patriot haters. Not at all. But it's just another one of the long line of things that seem to be something, and it's actually nothing at all. Really, that's what it amounts to. Unless you think Belichick is so bent that he's going to leave because Kraft got involved in the Garoppolo thing. Then it's, it's nothing. Was that you, Papa Bear? You yes. think he's going to leave? Uh, next you think he's year,
5: gone? Yeah, next year he will be coaching the New York mm-hmm. Giants. He'll be the Giants head coach. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. And Tom Brady like, oh, give me my kill pajamas and uh, pet me, uh, yeah. uh, oh, Mr. TB12. Yeah, whatever. They're done. Yeah. Empire yeah. falls. Olympus has fallen.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not going to hold my breath on that one. Not going to hold my breath. By the way, a uh, Falcons field goal that the Rams gifted them. With the muffed punt. So the Falcons are up 3-0. Early on. Early going. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios. John Gruden might not be successful with the Raiders, but it won't be for this reason. I'm Brian No. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. So quick way, you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to Geico.com and in 15 minutes. You could save fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Oh, what do you know? The Rams. Rams not moving the ball so so well to start off this game. What do you know? Hmm. Third and seven.
5: This Incomplete
3: means, pass. This means hm. nothing.
5: What happened? To the Super Bowl. All oh, the oh, hm. oh, here come the Falcons. They're gonna they're destroying the hm. Patriots. And then
3: they got force choked. Force choked. Yeah, Darth Vader style. Wait, what is there, like a willing choking ever? Or it, I thought all choking was forced. Uh, this no? Is, <laughs> this is a family show. I can't get into okay. this. Okay. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right <so. laughs> but, um, yeah, what about these mighty Rams here? Huh? Oh, yeah, Matt Ryan and company, they have no chance against the mighty Rams. Really? Why not? Why would they have a chance against the Rams? Rams have had a nice season. Very nice season. Todd Gurley's been a stud. He's a legitimate MVP candidate. He's going to fall short to Tom Brady and deservedly so. But he's right there in the mix. They've had a heck of a season. So I'm not trying to sell the Rams short. But to make it like it's a lock, the Falcons have no chance. Why would the Falcons have no chance in this game? Why? I don't understand that at all. It To me, it comes back to expectations, really. And expectations can get your evaluation completely out of whack. Because what happened this season? The Rams exceeded expectations. The Falcons fell short of them. And so you've got those two things colliding together in this game, and it turns into, oh, the Rams are going to just crush the Falcons. Really? Really? That's the way it works, huh? Well, what happens if they slow down Todd Gurley and everything's on Jared Goff's shoulders? You all of a sudden feel great about that? No chance that the Falcons could win that game? None? No. How about Jared Goff off to a one-for-five start with three yards? One-for-five, three yards. Now, to be fair, Matt Ryan not exactly lighting it up either. Two-for-five for for nine yards. So slow out of the gate. (laughs) Slow out of the gate. And look, man. Wouldn't shock me at all if the Rams end up winning this game. But to make it sound like it's no chance, no how, the way you guys are talking, the way Papa Bear is talking right now, the way Nick Wright, who is the technical producer for Broussard and my guy Rob Parker, they're both my guys. Nick Wright's like, oh, they're going to crush him. I'm like, by how much? And he's like, at least 10 points. So he's expecting the Rams to run away with this one. I don't know why. I don't know why the Rams are, be- the Falcons are being undersold. I don't. It doesn't make sense. I know why, but it still doesn't make sense. The reason they're being undersold is because the Rams have exceeded expectations. Falcons fell short of them. So that's how it comes to this, but it still doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense But but
4: see, what it comes down to for me is the experience in the playoffs, and the Rams have none. They have none. None. Falcons have been there plenty over the last few years. Oh, yeah,
5: and they have
3: choked plenty in the past few years, too. Look, man. Yes, they lost to the Patriots, but they got to the Super Bowl. They didn't just lose to the Patriots. They lost their soul, Brian. (laughs) Okay, fine, whatever. It was the worst come-from-behind defeat, if you will, um, that any team has experienced. Not on that stage. It's never happened in the Super Bowl, and the Falcons went through that. But the point is, why does anybody just look at it that way? Why don't we look at the other side to Gavin's point where yeah. they have experience. They've won multiple playoff games. Why is it just that they had this epic letdown to the Patriots in the Super Bowl? Why isn't it that they have multiple playoff games and multiple playoff wins? Why doesn't that factor in to this specific game against the Rams who have nothing? And nothing. you got Jared Goff who's a baby and Todd Gurley who hasn't sniffed a playoff stage until now. So... And like I said, they gave the ball to Devontae Freeman back-to-back times on this drive. It's third and three, so I think you're going to see Devontae Freeman have some success against that Rams front seven. Rams, as I said before, 28th in the league in rushing yardage given up this year. What was that stat? 28th. 28. 28 Yeah, the Rams rush defense. 28, God. To, 28. Three. 28,
5: 28
3: mic off. to 3. 28 to 3. 28 to 3. I see what you did there, Brian. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what do you know? Falcons first down. Weird. Wow, Falcons on the move. Huh. That's crazy. I didn't think they had a chance tonight.
5: <laughs> Just you wait, my friend. Just
3: you yeah. wait. Going <laughs> up against the machine that is the Rams. This way. And what? They haven't made the playoffs since what was the last year like 03? They made the playoffs it's and they're just unbeatable, unreal. They I'm I'm sorry, they're yeah, they're unbeatable. The Rams that's crazy. It's crazy. By the way, let me let me work this in here. Oh four. 4 wow, for hey. the
4: record. O4. 04.
3: 4 Really? Was it the O3 season or yes, it was yes. probably it was 04, when the calendar yeah.
4: flips to yeah, so yeah. O3.
3: So 03. the O3 03 season, it's been goodness. We're talking a between O3 and O7. That's a long drought. Oh, what do you know? Julio Jones. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> First down completion to Julio Jones. Like incapable of making plays with Matt Ryan as the quarterback. Julio Jones. Like, yeah, no worries whatsoever. Rams got this. Boat race. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That was a great ridiculous. catch. That
5: was a great catch. Hopefully the next a few plays he don't like get a sack and a few like, you know, <laughs> fumbles or something, <laughs> something like that, so the Rams can come back or something.
3: Um, let me just say this real quickly here. With John Gruden. John, I'm feisty tonight. I'm noticing this. But, uh, which probably kind of par for the course. That's good. Makes for good sports talk radio. John Gruden, this is one thing that Papa Bear will like uh, of my comments here to begin the show, first hour. I'm not sold that John Gruden's going to be a phenom with the Raiders, but I'll tell you this he's not going to fail for one specific reason. You hear this over and over and over again that, Oh, Gruden hasn't coached in like 10 years. Okay. So (laughs) like did football just turn into something completely different now than it was 10 years ago? Like they weren't throwing forward passes 10 years ago. And Gruden's like, whoa, holy cow. What? We're throwing the ball forward now. I don't. I have all sorts of homework to do to adapt to this modern day of football. Ten years ago, it was so different. I just give me at least three months to play catch up, so I can just wrap my mind around how football is played these days. It's so blown out of proportion. Gruden's been in a booth breaking down ball for the last decade. He he knows what's going on. Settle down. All right, coming up next. The most overrated and the most underrated quarterback left in the playoffs. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening. <sighs> ah, smells like playoffs, baby. Love the playoff season. Love it. So it started off with the Titans coming back from the dead, down 21-3 to at halftime. And it, it helped that the Chiefs just wet themselves. That helped out quite a bit. Yep, yeah. Chiefs just, you name it, man. Missing a field goal that hits the upright. Dropped dropped passes that would have been easy first downs. Not being able to stop the rush. Derrick Henry got off in the second half. Derrick Henry ended up having a very nice game. And it's weird with Marcus Mariota. There, That guy is just up, down. You see the the brilliance at times the mixture of being able to run the ball, ran for a couple of key first downs, had a great block at the very end of the game to salt it away. I love that great football phrase. Derrick Henry rushed for the final first down, and Mariota threw a key block. And, man, those big linemen, they love stuff like that. You know, if their quarterback, Mr. Oregon, you know, he's supposed to be... Yeah. Throwing the ball from the pocket, kind of clean, All-American smile type. Thing. No, he getting dirty, man. He's like, Give me a DB or a linebacker to just mow over real... They love that stuff. And so Derrick Henry, he finishes with 156 yards on the ground and a touchdown. So it wasn't just the Chiefs wetting themselves. I don't want to paint that picture. But they helped. They absolutely helped. And for Alex Smith, his future. My goodness, I... It's crazy because he played so well this year. Number one in passer rating all season. He played great in this game against the Titans. It wasn't his fault that a couple of guys dropped some key passes. And they come up short because the defense couldn't do their job. And he's probably on the outside looking in after this year. His trade value is about as high as it's ever going to be. And so Ian Rappaport, he is gone on record and said that the Chiefs might be able to get more than two second round picks, which is what the Chiefs initially traded to get Alex Smith in KC. So if you trade it up to get Patrick Mahomes and you can get something for Alex Smith, seems to make sense that they're probably going to do that. And it's tough, man. It's a shame, too, because he's going to be out of a gig at least there. He's going to land somewhere for sure. But it's not because he wasn't getting the job done. He was getting the job done. They just thought they could upgrade. And they could very well be wrong when it comes to that. Time will tell. So the Falcons, we start the second quarter. Another turnover by the Rams. There was a kickoff return. Farrell Cooper, who has just been awesome this year. He fumbles. Fumbles on the kickoff return. Falcons get the ball. They just convert on third and two to start the second quarter already with a 6 nothing lead, and the Falcons are in business. How about this? This stat passed along by Gavin. Yeah, there's just smoke coming off of the keyboard right now. Gavin is just fact-checking and scouring and providing all sorts of good details. Good morsels here. The Rams, the first quarter, all season long, they were plus 11 in turnover differential. And they're what, in this game, minus 2? Yep. Minus 2? Well, there was the the punt return muffed, that was muffed. There was the Farrell-Cooper fumble. Was there another one in there, or are those the only two?
4: No, those were only the only two.
3: Okay. Minus two tonight when they were plus 11 in the first quarter all season long. you tell telling me the stage has nothing to do with that? Nothing to do with that? I think it does. And that's why you can't be all in on a Rams team that is untested in the playoffs. They're a good team. They could come back and win this game. Wouldn't be shocked at all. But to be all in and be like, oh, no chance the Rams lose this game, really? To the defending NFC champion Falcons? That's no. No, that doesn't make sense. Um looks like a third and four for the for the Falcons. But I'll tell you, man, we're just in the second quarter. I don't want to blow things out of proportion here. But if the Rams go down thirteen to nothing, That's certainly not a deficit that they're incapable of coming back from. But with everything that you've seen so far, they're already pressing, you know? They're already pressing to make plays, and it's hurting them. With the muffed punt, with the fumble on the kickoff return. So if their deficit is even greater, man, the Falcons are going to be in a good position. They're going to be in a good position. What do you got, Papa Bear?
5: I'm wondering, what do you think, if at the half, the score is twenty eight to three. <laughs> or around there, you know. Maybe I
3: would s- guess I would guess that lightning wouldn't strike twice. just like a little bit of a difference between Jared Goff and Tom Brady, you know? So I would I'd venture out in a limb and say that wouldn't happen where the Falcons would lose that game in that scenario. But I'll tell you this, Papa Bear. That would be the best possible scenario for the Falcons. For them to start to really move on from that, uh, just in terms of this, they're never going to move on. They can't go back in time and win a game that they should have won. That wound will always be there. But for the playoffs this season, if they were able to have a twenty-eight to three lead and end up winning that game, oh, that that would do a lot. It'd do a lot for their frame of mind. I'm Brian. No, no, Rob Parker tonight. He was on earlier with Chris Broussard, so it's just me solo. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Phone number always available, especially tonight. Rolling solo so we can have a conversation. You want to check in, feel free to do so. 877-99 on Fox. Maybe they're all Ram fans. Maybe that's what the deal is. They're all Ram fans, and they're like, gosh, this no guy. It's tough to argue with them when the Falcons are just crushing the Rams right now. I don't know. I don't know if that's what's going on. Maybe. So I ran across this article, Pete Prisco, cbssports.com, and he ranked all of the playoff quarterbacks. Had them 1 through 12. And it's just heading into this weekend how he thinks they stack up. So he's got Brady number one. No shocker, guy's got five rings. Breeze two, Big Ben three. It's kind of interesting if you do just the ring thing. How Big Ben has two, Breeze has one, but Breeze is such a prolific passer that Prisco goes with Breeze over Big Ben. No argument from me. Number four, he's got Matt Ryan, and when my eyebrows started to raise, he went Jared Goff five, Cam Newton six. And I went, whoa. Uh, I can't go that high on Goff just yet. A very good season. Very good year. 28 touchdowns, seven picks for Jared Goff. But Cam Newton's won an MVP. Cam Newton has proven more throughout his career um, than Jared Goff has this season. Very good season for Jared Goff, but I got to rank Cam ahead of Goff right here, right now. Devontae Freeman into the end zone as the Falcons are about to go up 13 to nothing. Rams need to stop turning the football over. They're just making life difficult for themselves. But, you know, I don't love the Rams' rush defense. And here's the other thing that you got to consider. With the Falcons having a lead, what do you think they're going to do? They're going to feed Devontae Freeman a lot more. I love Alex Mack, the center for the Falcons, just picking up Devontae Freeman. Get over that goal line, (laughs) shot putting him over there. That's great.
5: That's the smartest thing you've said all
4: year right there.
3: So how much Buffalo Wild? Which? do
4: we – okay, go ahead.
3: Oh, no. I'm sorry. Go, oh, I what, thought, what was I the thought smartest Ryan. thing? Because no. I said like three smart things right there, you you said Papa Bear. I'm not sure which was – the Rams okay. get
5: a lead, <laughs> keep running the ball. Don't keep throwing the ball
4: like you did in the Super Bowl he you <laughs> lost the Patriots. Ryan's just mad, what he's a, lo- Ryan's mad he's losing a bet right now. Oh, it's that, of I well, see. No, I that mean, makes sense. It made it clear earlier that he was picking the Rams. So,
3: what about the Buffalo Wild Wings or the, no, I the wanted, Buffalo
4: I wanted, Wings? I, I you don't think say? we ever really declared how much Ryan is going to owe you when the Falcons inevitably win this game. We didn't have a bet.
5: You yeah, guys we didn't. I, have I, a can, bet. I
4: can roll the tape back. There was a uh, uh, you in, insinuated that there would be kind of a bet
3: between you guys.
5: Hmm. I, can, I can insinuate lots of things. Yeah. <laughs> You're
4: scaring all of us, Ryan.
3: Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. Unfortunately, there was no agreement. I would try to to get that from Papa Bear, but no, I, he didn't He didn't right. firmly just go on record. He's trying to keep
4: record. it rolling. You know, we had a great one last week. He's
3: backtracking now. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he loved the Rams before the game. Now that they're trailing 13 to nothing, he'd probably say, oh, no, I still believe in him when he doesn't, you know? Just, just you still wait. believe in him, Papa Bear?
5: Just wait to the second half. We've seen okay. this story okay. before.
3: Okay, so they're going to come back and win? Is that what you're telling me?
4: going do. It's going to be an epic choke job. At what point okay. are they going to go for the
3: two-point conversion to get to 28? Because they're at 13. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? I'm doing the math how they could get to 28 to 3. <laughs> yeah, probably a two-point conversion would be the easiest thing. But as far as the quarterbacks in the playoffs right now, the most overrated, the most underrated. You know who I think the most underrated quarterback is? I honestly think it's Matt Ryan. I do because all it is that you hear is, oh, 28 to three, guys like Papa Bear. If there was a soundtrack to the mainstream opinion about Matt Ryan, it would be Papa Bear saying, 28 to three, epic choke job, so forth and so on, right? That's the way it is with Matt Ryan right now. No one's talking about what he's done, no one's talking about him being an MVP last season, winning multiple playoff games. Being nicknamed Matty Ice for many come-from-behind wins in clutch situations. No one's talking about that. That's so far in the rearview mirror. It's not even funny. All it is is about last season and coming up short on the biggest stage. And how the offense has taken a step back this year. Not as much as people make it out to be, but it has taken a step back this year. I think he's the most underrated quarterback in the playoffs. Name me someone else who's more underrated. I'd listen to Alex Smith. Matt Ryan, <laughs> there is far more negativity about Matt Ryan than Alex Smith. Put that into perspective for a second. There's more negativity toward Matt Ryan than Alex Smith. That's unbelievable. That's where we're at. And that's why it's easily Matt Ryan, the most underrated guy. Most overrated? I think it's Cam Newton. Cam Newton has just struggled throwing the football this year. I love what he did running the ball. 754 rushing yards this season, most of his career. But I want to see him not take as much punishment as he does. I have no problem with him running the football. He he adds a different element that you typically don't see from quarterbacks with his rushing ability. So it's a big-time value for the Panthers that he runs the ball the way he does. What's not valuable is taking all of that punishment. And situationally, there are a lot of times where he could limit the punishment that he takes. Look, if it's third and five key situation, yeah, take on the defensive tackle and try to run him over. But if you've picked up 15 yards and you could either try to run over a middle linebacker and get 17 or a slide, slide. Slide. Don't take that extra punishment. But 22 touchdowns, 16 interceptions for Cam this year. I know a lot of moving parts. No Kelvin Benjamin, Greg Olson has been hurt most of the year, but I just don't trust him throwing the football. I don't trust him being a consistent thrower. And that's why I think the name recognition of Cam Newton, you're like, oh, how can you have Cam Newton that low? It's like, well, it actually kind of makes a lot of sense. Kind of makes a lot of sense because I don't expect him to really, really carve you up throwing the football. All right, 877-99-ON-FOX is your phone number. As the Rams try to get on track, first down throw to Robert Woods. Early going on early going in this Rams Falcons game Falcons up 13 to nothing we'll see if the Rams can get on track coming up next from the Geico studios not the greatest comment ever right before the college football national championship game I'm Brian no this is Fox Sports radio I'm Brian no here on Fox Sports radio coming to you from the Geico Studios what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. All right, so uh, always available on Twitter, at the no show, N-O-E show. Some people talking about Andy Reid. Should he go? No, <laughs> he shouldn't. No, he shouldn't be out of a job. Um, I just, like, I don't understand people sometimes, you know? Like that's an epic meltdown. It's a, a wedding that went on there. They wet themselves tonight. But h- how was it? How is it on Andy Reid solely? You know, what what was it? Was it because Alex Smith put some some passes on receivers that should have been caught and they weren't? Therefore, it's Andy Reid's fault. Like I I don't understand that. What's what's the problem? Yeah, Kareem Hunt should have gotten the ball more is that the that's the only reason that the the Chiefs lost. Like if they would have given the ball to Kareem Hunt more, there's no chance they lose that game. That's what you're telling me? Like no. So no, don't blow things out of proportion. I know people get emotional and they don't like to see their teams lose, especially when they have huge leads like that. But that doesn't mean you clear house. You just clean everybody out of that organization. Get out of here. You guys aren't worth anything to us going forward. It's an overreaction. By the way, um, national championship game on Monday. And Alabama linebacker didn't say the, the smartest thing. Okay, this is Rashawn Evans from Bama. And he was asked about President Donald Trump attending the national championship game. And Evans says this, quote, man, I figured I was going to get asked that question, to be honest with you. I just want to win. I really want to win. I mean, at this point, I don't care who shows up. ISIS can show up. I don't care. As long as we win, that's the number one thing on my mind. All right, here's the deal. I understand what he's talking about. I understand that he's saying, hey, man, I just got to focus on the game and and try to win. And that's where my mindset needs to be. Just don't say ISIS. They've done a lot of bad stuff. (laughs) You know, just you know, like murdering people left and right. Let's not throw ISIS in there. That's all. That's all. I think it was the worst comment of all time considering the context you just don't want to go down that road you don't want to go there but huge huge game and it's kind of it's interesting that a linebacker would say something like this because the Alabama linebackers have been such a huge part of the season and all the injuries that they've experienced guys just getting hurt left and right and going down and they had a big uh Injury, Anthony Jennings, who got hurt against Clemson, he's not going to be able to go in the championship game. Coupled with all of the guys that they've hurt throughout the season, um, it's just interesting that a linebacker of all people made that comment because that's been the main storyline throughout the season is the linebackers that are just getting decimated there. But that's another thing to watch, man, when it's Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. The one-two combo. you got to have your linebackers right. And I know that the that Bama just absolutely crushed Clemson, but this is a different test. It's a different test when you're facing that 1-2 combo, those running backs there. So uh, we'll see. We'll see if the bodies that Bama has upright are going to be good enough, and they're up for the test. By the way, the Rams, they hold. They're forcing a punt from the Falcons. So it's funny, man. It's interesting how these playoff games, if you watch them, big leads, you know, it seems like the Falcons are just crushing the Rams right now. And they're they're playing well. There have been a couple of turnovers that led to very short fields and points being scored. And if the Rams just put together a drive, one drive, and score a touchdown, it's a six-point ball game, you know? So it's very similar with that Chiefs game. The Chiefs seemed like they were just absolutely bulldozing the Titans. And they were. Until the Titans found a way to score that first touchdown. And then it's like, oh, man, it's only an 11-point game. And then all of a sudden, oh, it's a one-possession game. It turns quickly in the playoffs. And you've seen it. Falcons are another good team. Man, can you imagine if the Falcons kick away this lead on the heels of the Super Bowl? But when you've got this gigantic lead and it starts to slip away, you just... You get into your own head. It happens. It happens time and time again. Um, but it's something to keep a keep your eye on in this game and just the playoffs in general. Because with teams so closely, um, there's not a big margin between these two teams. They're they're very closely stacked together, right? If you have these NFC teams that are are very similar and very close. And one team is down by a lot and all of a sudden gets a rhythm and the other team is just like, oh, no. And it's the tight sphincter syndrome where they clench up and they're like, oh, no, our lead is going away. Man, you see some big-time comebacks. You do. By the way, in that Chiefs-Titans game earlier, ESPN said goodbye to John Gruden. They did this whole thing. I loved at the beginning of the telecast where John Gruden's like, hey, hey. Nothing is official yet. (laughs) They're rolling out the goodbye carpet for John Gruden. Like, hey, coach, man, it's been a great run. They had all these pieces. Lisa Salters checks in, Sean McDonough, you know, Susie Colbert. They're like, hey, John, it's been real. It's been fun. Great luck with the Raiders without mentioning the Raiders by name. This is Sean McDonough at the end of the game, which is going to be John Gruden's final telecast. Check it out.
1: Coach, as we uh, wrap this one up, all of us last night at our production meeting had a chance to tell you what we think about you and how much you've meant to us and to Monday Night Football. And uh, thank you. What a great way to send you out,
2: appropriately so. Thank you.
1: Good luck with the ten, Oakland ten Raiders. A great run. Thank It'll you. be tough for a lot of us on this crew to be impartial. We go into those Appreciate production you. meetings and see you next year.
2: Thank you.
3: Well, Sean McDonough did mention the Oakland Raiders by name at the end there. He hadn't at the beginning. But I think that's cool, man. I think that Sean McDonough, they only did it for, what, one year? Was this the one and only year between John Gruden and Sean McDonough? Because Tarico got replaced this year. Am I right about that, Gavin? It hasn't been more than one year, right? I'm going to have to check on that one. Okay, we'll, we'll get research on it. I think it's just one year, but it's short time, whatever it had been. And Sean McDonough warmed up to Gruden that much where he's choked up. Maybe it was, tears? I love you, man! Silver and black! Go get him! I think that's cool. It's cool that he meant that much. Yeah, so and, uh, McDonough, McDonough did begin in the
4: 2016 season.
3: Oh, really? So it's yeah. two years for those guys. Yeah. So wow, he, no kidding. Yep. Time flies. Wow. It does, man. But you think about Gruden matched up with Derek Carr. I looked at the leading passers that Gruden had with the Raiders and with Tampa, and it's like there was one dude I didn't even know who he was. Do you know who Donald Hollis is? Papa Bear, I know you're a big time Raiders fan. Do you remember Donald Hollis? Uh, no, I do not. I don't either. He was, so the 1998 season, this is Gruden's first year with the Raiders. You had Donald Hollis throwing for the most yards. He's a product out of rice who lasted about four years in the league. And Jeff George was number two. It was Donald Hollis and Jeff George 1-2 on your 98 Raiders. Then you go with Rich Gannon. He was there for three years and led the team in passing. And then you get to Tampa. It's Jeff Garcia, Bruce Gradkowski, Chris Sims. These are guys who led the team in passing in at least one season. Brian Greasy, Brad Johnson. I mean, look. Rich Gannon, he was like a reclamation project. And he had a couple of really good seasons under Gruden. But he didn't do much of anything before that. He was really good. He was really good with Gruden. So with Gruden matched up with Derek Carr, I really want to see that. I want to see how that marriage unfolds. Because that could be a great, great combination for the next decade. Big run by Todd Gurley and a... A late hit out of bounds by Ricardo Allen. Not smart. Not smart. You don't want to get that momentum going. But the Rams, they got to get some points on the board. Could be on this drive. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, just shenanigans defined. What well, we've got Steve DeSager. Steve DeSager with us to spin us around. What's going on, Steve?
0: Well, you mentioned early in the show that the Rams were hardly invincible in the Coliseum this year. In fact, when they played their starters... They were 3-3 three and three in the Coliseum, 8-1 and one outside the Coliseum this year. Remember one of their home games, mm. technically home games, was in London this yeah. year. And then they sat the starters, the finale that they lost to the 49ers, uh, which was my goodness, less than a week ago. Did you yeah. know that the Falcons late last season played the Rams at the Coliseum and just slaughtered I them do. on the way I to do. the NFC Championship? Forced five turnovers that day. Falcons led 42 nothing in the fourth quarter that game. Of course, Jared Goff yeah. was winless as a rookie quarterback. Tonight, it is... Well, it's all Falcons so far. Got about five minutes to go in the first half. 13 nothing, Atlanta. Matt Bryant with a 29-yard field goal after a special teams Rams turnover. And then Bryant again on the game Falcons radio.
2: 51-yard field goal, Matt Bryant. And our new score at the Coliseum in Los Angeles is Atlanta 6 and L.A. nothing.
0: That was the score after the first quarter, and then after another special team's turnover, Falcons cashed in. Devontae Freeman, a three-yard carry for a TD. 13-0, under five minutes to go, second quarter now. And the Rams are on their sixth drive of the night. They only had three first downs on their first five drives in this Mm. game. Jared Goff, three of ten passing, and he has been sacked twice. Meanwhile, I got the exact numbers on Kareem Hunt. We talked about last hour that the Chiefs not only gagged a lead lost at home, but they didn't feed the leading rusher in the league. Tennessee was down 21-3 third quarter and still won the playoff game at Kansas City today, 22-21. Kareem Hunt had six carries in the first quarter, only five carries after the first quarter. He mm. led the league in rushing with 1,300 yards. Wow. Titans' last playoff win was 2003. Chiefs still haven't won a home playoff game since the 1993 season. Tennessee could be playing at New England next Saturday night, depending on tomorrow's results at Jacksonville. Jaguars are hosting Buffalo at 1 p.m. Eastern, and then the game on Fox TV, 4.30 p.m. Eastern Sunday, Carolina at New Orleans. New Orleans with the number 1 ranked offense in the NFC. Each team gave up only about 20 points a game, tied for 10th in the league. As for college basketball, we can update in progress in college hoops. They're in the final minute at sixth-ranked West Virginia. Mountaineers ahead of number 7 Oklahoma, 85-76. Upset losses today
3: for Xavier and Texas A&M and Arizona. Back to you. Thank you, Steve DeSager. Good stuff out of you. I'm Brian No coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Rams in the red zone. Got a nice little drive going, second and seven. Just under four minutes to go in the second quarter. As the Rams still have a goose egg right now. But Steve DeSager mentioned that in his update. Where last year, the Rams got absolutely dump trucked by the Falcons. It was 42 to nothing Late in that game. It ended up being forty two to fourteen. But that was the game where Todd Gurley in the locker room talked about their middle school offense. He said we got a middle school offense. And what a difference a year makes, man. They went from this was on Pro Football Talk earlier today, and they pointed out that it's only the second time in league history where a team had the the lowest scoring. Offense one year and the highest scoring offense the next year. So that happened with the Rams. Last season, they were an NFL low 224 points. That's what they scored last season, 224. This year, they led the league with 478. More than doubled it. Doubled it and then some. So it just, what a difference one year makes. And it shouldn't just be all on Sean McVay because Jared Goff has done a very good job this season. And then you get Cooper Cup just caught a touchdown pass. Oh, you know, Rams on the board tonight.
5: Look at that. Rams, oh, what do you nice.
3: know? Papa Bear emerges. You just, you kind of went away for a little while. You hibernated while the Falcons had that 13-0 lead. I was, <laughs> I was
5: just waiting. Just waiting. You are waiting, yeah? Just I
3: had to, like, clip your nails or something, you know? That's I was, all?
5: I was just rubbing my beard watching, waiting for the Falcons oh, to Oh, okay. All right,
4: yeah.
3: That's what he yeah. calls it. Gotcha. <laughs> but, um... There have been a lot of differences made. There's been a lot of changes made this season compared to last. Cooper Cup, great example. He's a rookie. Yeah. Robert Woods, they picked him up. They picked up Sammy Watkins. They picked up Andrew Whitworth. They made a lot of changes this year compared to last year. So Sean McVay, he's going to be the coach of the year and deservedly so. I'm just saying it shouldn't only go to him. There's a lot of of uh, players to credit with this turnaround. But you got to go way, way back into the 49ers archives. It was like between the 1964 and 65 49ers, something like that. It's like so long ago, it's it almost doesn't count anymore. <laughs> I hate this. I'm just kidding. For the old school listeners right there, they're like, who is this guy? How dare he besmirch the great reputation of the 49ers? No, no, I'm kidding. But it's been such a long time where a team was dead last in scoring and then the very next season led the league. Only the second time in league history, and the Rams just did it. So we'll see, 13-7 to ball game. Falcons still with the lead. We'll keep you updated and talk about it, and I'll talk trash to Papa Bear if the Falcons start leading by more. See how it goes. So uh, shenanigans defined today. How about this? So the Browns, some of their fans were just pathetic. Not all Browns fans. A lot of these guys I absolutely love. Passionate care, not jumping ship even after one win in two seasons. I love that. But some of these joke Brown fans, they had the perfect season parade today. That's right. Took place around noon. And they circled First Energy Stadium. So they completed a zero around the stadium for obvious reasons. Browns didn't win a game. and 16 So you, you got the The zero going around the stadium. Emmanuel Agba from the Browns. He tweeted this. That parade is a joke. Don't call yourself a true Browns fan if you go to that thing. Going 0-16 was embarrassing enough as a player. This is like adding fuel to the fire, and it is completely wrong. Amen, man. Amen to that. I do not understand that at all. How can you go out there? You know? As a diehard fan of a team that went 0-16, I, I know you're just trying to, like, flip the script and try to laugh away the misery and all that, but here's the deal. It's not just you and your buddies, you know? Like, the world is aware of this. <laughs> it's not just you guys. You're not in your basement trying to make yourself feel better, not in a creepy way whatsoever, you know? you. you this is, you're putting it out on Twitter, you're... Putting it out there like, hey, we're a joke of a franchise. We went 0-16. That's not cool, man. That is not good at all. It's a horrible look. I could not agree with Emmanuel Agba more for tweeting this. Like, D- you call yourself a true fan? You go out there and you celebrate 0-16? What is that? That's just a horrible look, man. Horrible look. I am totally with Emmanuel Agba. Absolutely. Um, I was We were talking about the... The toughest team to be a diehard fan of. It's a rough go right now being a diehard Browns fan. You know? (laughs) I'm not saying you got it easy. 1-31 in over the last two years. That's that's pretty bad. Pretty bad. But that's the toughest by far. A couple of people tweeted me and said the Knicks, that's rough. A lot of dysfunction. That's true. Not with the Browns. I don't care who you put next to the Browns. These last two years especially, and it's not just two years, man. It's been a long, long, long dry spell. That's the roughest. That's the roughest commitment in sports right now, to be a diehard Browns fan. So I'm not saying you got it easy, but I'm telling you this. You shouldn't compound it by drawing more attention to a winless season. That's stupid. It's just not smart. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, I uh, kick around the idea with the crew, of me making improvements in 20, 2018. And and also this, uh, reputation and reality don't always go together. we we'll get to all of that coming up next. I'm Brian No. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the GEICO studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. By the way, weird looking injury to Matt Ryan. He was just just making a drop back. And on his final step, his foot didn't plant. It just went back. And he was starting to do the splits, you know? Like his groin was gonna fall right off. (laughs) And so he's in the tent right now, getting checked out. But gotta keep your eye on that. As the Rams with under a minute to go, no timeouts. Like another thing. Just another little thing. How can you be out of timeouts at the end of the first half, you know? You just got to be smart about how you manage a game. Um, but we'll see. If Matt Ryan isn't good to go, and I believe he will be, it was just an awkward, awkward-looking uh, fall to the ground by Matt Ryan. But one thing I'll mention real quickly before I let the crew pick on me for a second here, <laughs> talking about things that I can be better at in 2018, Because I'm sure there's a few things that they could, you know, pick out. I was thinking about how reputation and reality don't always connect, right? Where there are a couple of guys in the playoffs right now where Matt Ryan and Drew Brees, if you look specifically at the Falcons offense, this is more about the offense as a whole, not just Matt Ryan. Falcons offense, they finished eighth in passing this season. It's pretty good. That's not bad. They finished third. This sounds like a dork stat. But they finished third in passing net yards per play. That's not bad. So the thing is, the reputation for the Falcons this year, coming off the league-leading offense last season, is, oh, gosh, they've really taken a step back. Eh. No Kyle Shanahan, you got Sarkeesian in there. Matt Ryan is taking a step back. All it is is step back, step back, step back. Yeah, it has been a step back, but it hasn't been as dramatic as it's been made out to be. Not like the Falcons went from the number 1 scoring offense to, like, the 25th. (laughs) You know? It just goes too far. And as far as Drew Brees goes, I think this is another one where you hear this a lot, where, yeah, they have balance. Yeah, they run the ball quite a bit. And that's great. That's awesome for their offense. But Drew Brees is still an assassin. That's the thing. We're viewing Drew Brees. We're just comparing him to what he had done in the past and looking at his present much more negatively than we should. Drew Brees, he finished first in completion percentage. He completed 72% of his passes this year. 72% is insane. He was number one in average yards per pass. And he finished second in passer rating. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Yet it's, oh gosh, I mean, Breeze, he hasn't thrown for as much as he normally does. And yeah, they're a running team now. and I mean, That's crazy. Like The Saints offense is kind of just like how the Falcons offense is viewed this year. You know, because the Saints have been such a passing offense before, and they have much more balance now, they're made out to be a running team. They're not. They're just a balanced team. But they're led by Drew Brees. Make no mistake about that. And the Falcons, it's not the same thing. It's just viewing the present based on the past too much. We view the Falcons as not being a great offense because they're not as good as they were last year. They're still a really, really good offense, man. To be top ten, you know, in a lot of these major categories, when you're eighth in passing, we're looking at Matt Ryan like he's chump change this year. Like, eh, eh, they're eighth in passing. They average three hundred and sixty-four yards passing per game. That's pretty good, very good. All right, eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox. It's your phone number. I'm Brian. Though. No. This is Fox Sports Radio. So just in just the way conversations have unfolded tonight, I was talking about um, ways I can improve as a sports talk host in 2018. So I thought it would be funny to open it up to the crew because, you know, Papa Bear and Gavin, they're quick-witted, you know? And they say things that are entertaining, and um, I thought it would be good. I thought it would be good to open the floor up for them to say anything that they wanted. By the way, before that, Rams, big completion to Robert Woods. They're inside the 10. Oh, gosh, with 20 seconds to go, short completion to Todd Gurley. They got to clock it. What are you doing? What are you doing? You got to throw that in the end. zone. Oh, now we got a flag. So if this is on the Rams, we might be at halftime. Might not have any points. Hold on, we got to see this. Hold for now. I'll let the crew beat up on me in just a second, but we got to check this penalty. Because you had 20 seconds to go. You're at the Falcons' seven-yard line, and you throw a little screen pass to Todd Gurley. Okay, this is on the Falcons. we got got uh, reading Ed Hockley's lips, and it, it looks like it's a flag on the Falcons, offside on the Falcons. So the Rams will have a chance to at least score some points. you got to kick the field goal at this point, right? you got to kick it. I don't know what Jared Goff would be thinking. Why Why would you throw the ball short there in that situation? That didn't even look like a catch. It, it could almost be because he's not experienced in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe they could have something to do with it. If you're a Rams fan, you're rooting for an incompletion, which shows you how bad of a decision it was to throw it short like that. But it doesn't look like Todd Gurley. He hits the ground and he rolls over as the ball is moving around. Didn't, I don't, eh, it might stand. But you're hoping it's overturned and it's incomplete because they would put that time back on the clock and you'd have a chance to throw it into the end zone. They're going to review it. This will take a day and a half. Um, so we'll let you know in, <laughs> in the next hour, like, you know, 30 minutes from now how this shakes out. So for now, Gavin, what can I do to be a better Sports Talk host in 2018? Oh, huh? Well, huh? where, do we have... where do I yeah. start? Where do I start?
4: Uh, as I pull out my laundry list of mm-hmm. things for you to work on. Uh-huh. Okay. We will first start with going to break. Now, this is a little inside oh, baseball. A little okay. bit inside right. baseball. But no more That's filibustering. Fine. I tell you to go to break. I don't want uh-huh. to hear about <laughs> the last 10 years of Miami Dolphins football.
3: Wow. Uh, really? I, I go on those, yeah, uh, those, yeah, those rants all the time? Tangents. Okay. 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 Go to we break also, on time. I can yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, when we uh-huh. pull sound for you, as we've done throughout this
3: show and many times before, uh-huh. let's actually uh-huh.
4: utilize the sound throughout the legitimate,
3: show. Legitimate? Yes. Both legitimate gripes? Yep. I yep. like that. Yep. Okay. And Is there anything else on this list? I'll give you
4: one more, and okay. this one's been bugging me for a while. i stayed silent Uh-oh. on it. uh But Uh-oh. bring
3: okay. back betting on betting. Come ah, on! I like it! Come I like on. it! If you're new to the program, Gavin and I, what we used to do, it's a great radio bit, right or wrong, Gavin. Oh, it's Freaking a legendary true. bit. Yeah, legendary. We would each have a hundred Scooby snacks to start a a week, and we would have a side bet on whoever ended up with a better total for the week. It was just ten bucks, but that is the best degenerate betting game oh, that's ever been created. I miss it. Betting on betting. Yeah, I think this. I think this catch should be overturned. I think that the Rams should have first and goal from the seven with 15 seconds to go. All right, coming up next, his legend is solidified, but a lot can still change. So we're at halftime. Falcons on top, 13-10. to Rams did not play very well at all in the first half. A couple of turnovers. Yet yeah, they're only down by a field goal. Weird how it played out at the end of the second quarter, so... There's just 20 seconds to go. Rams are at the Falcons' seven-yard line. Jared Goff throws a short pass, a little screen pass, basically, to Todd Gurley. He falls down and gets tackled. So the clock's running. They have to spike the football, and so they would have been able to attempt a field goal. They reviewed the play. Turns out that Todd Gurley did not make the catch cleanly. So there's 14 seconds to go. All of a sudden, the Rams are back in business. They can throw a ball in the end zone, try to score a touchdown. And Jared Goff rolls out to his right. There's a holding call, so it's all a complete wash, or as Al Michaels would say, moot. And they kick the field goal. So Rams are down 13-10 to at halftime. And uh, it's been a strange game so far. Strange game. Because these are both... I mean, the Rams, they've got the number 1 offense in football. And the Falcons, they sling it all over the place. Eighth in passing this year. So to be at this stage right now, you look at the numbers. The Rams have 169 yards of total offense. Falcons only have 119. That's all they have so far. And Devontae Freeman's been held in check. I thought that they would have a decent amount of success running the football. Not bad as a team. 16 rushes for 53 yards and a touchdown. But Devontae Freeman, only 19 yards on eight carries. So Rams have played pretty good defense. You only give up a buck 19 and a half. You'll take that all day long. It was just those turnovers. Turnovers have really, really hurt the Rams. A couple of short fields that led to points. And that's really the Falcons half offensively. They haven't done much of anything except benefit from turnovers deep in Rams territory. By the way, they keep replaying this Mariota touchdown. I said it before, man. That's just something that would happen to the Chiefs at home in a playoff game. Right? That's not going to happen to these other teams. It happens to the Chiefs. And that wasn't the only thing. Mariota completes a ball to himself for the first Titans touchdown of the game. Unreal. It's just all of these plays that add up. Chiefs missing a field goal, um, Chiefs dropping passes that would have been easy first downs, Travis Kelsey getting his bell rung and being out of the game, just all of these random things that accumulated. A lot of them self-inflicted. A lot of them, you give props to the Titans, and a lot of them just like, you got to be kidding me type stuff. You can't go into a ball game expecting... Mariota to complete a touchdown pass to himself off of a deflection and Travis Kelsey to miss the entire second half because he gets his bell rung. You can't expect that going in, but that's what happened today. Very, very tough to digest. Here's Andy Reid and his thoughts after the loss.
5: Uh, the tough part about this, obviously, is that it's final and uh, the season ends up being over. You're never the same team. I mean, that's just how this thing, this thing works. But the guys coming back, to make sure we feel this, and uh, and then change it. But we gotta wait a while to do that. So that's a, that's a problem with games like this.
3: <laughs> a lot of sympathy out of you, Papa Bear. Yeah, man, it was it was a choke job. They were up twenty-one to three at halftime, and it just slowly went away. And you can point a finger at Andy Reid specifically because Kareem Hunt only had 11 carries. It's the league's leading rusher, 11 carries for 42 yards, and that's it. And you had a big lead. You had a big lead, and you didn't feed Kareem Hunt. Now, to be fair, if you look at the way the game played out, Steve Desager had a, a great nugget a little bit earlier. Before the final drive of the Chiefs, Just in the second half, they had twelve offensive plays. They had twelve offensive plays leading into that final drive, and obviously they had more. But you think about it, that final drive, you're in a hurry up, you know, you're kind of in a hurry up set at that point. Where based on the situations, when it's fourth and nine, of course you're not going to run Kareem Hunt. You know, when it's third and nine, you're not going to run Kareem Hunt. So there were certain times where it looks worse than it actually is. They had a small amount of possessions. Titans played a lot better defense. It doesn't explain it fully. I'm not sitting here telling you, hey, no big deal that Kareem Hunt only had 11 carries. He needs more. But I think a lot of times there's a tendency to just look at the box score and take the context and throw it right out the window. And be like, oh, the situation, who cares? Fourth and nine run Kareem Hunt. Like, here's the deal. For anybody crushing Andy Reid, he deserves some criticism. Don't get me wrong. For anybody crushing him as if he's out of his mind, what would those same people have said if they ran the ball with Kareem Hunt on fourth and nine and he got stuffed or picked up like six yards and they gave the ball up on downs anyway? They'd be calling Andy Reid a complete moron. So that's my point is, yes, Kareem Hunt needed the ball more, But don't just look at a box score and throw all the situations out the window. Because the situations matter. They absolutely do matter. So it's not as egregious as it initially seems. It's still bad. Still bad. Not as egregious. Um, This is Derek Johnson, the linebacker for the Chiefs. Some of his thoughts after the game.
4: Finished the second half. Um, We came in 21-3. Uh, that's all we were talking about. Finish them. Don't don't get complacent. Let's let's go. We got bigger goals other than this game. You know? Tennessee was a tougher team today, and that sucks. There, it.
2: that sucks.
3: Hey man, I give him credit. He owns it, but he's right on point. You think about that. Why why is there more blame directed toward Andy Reid and not the Chiefs' defense? They had a twenty-one to three lead. You have Marcus Mariota, who is shaky for the season, 13 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. And you let him just pound the rock? Derrick Henry finished with 23 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown, which ended up being the game winner. Where's the defense? Instead of just pointing the finger at Andy Reid and saying, hey, Kareem Hunt, only 11 carries? Well, that's true, but you got to take the situations, take that into account. But wh- why aren't you pointing a finger at the Chiefs' defense? If anybody needs to be blamed, it's the Chiefs' defense. And Derek Johnson, as hard as it was to say that, for him to say, look, man, they're just, they're just tougher for us. It sucks to say that, but they were. <laughs> That's exactly right. That is right on the money. No doubt about it. I'm Brian No, Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Um I like this uh little nugget from Marcus Mariota. Check out what Mariota had to say after the game. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh it's what you work hard for. This is what um you grind it out for you know four or five months and um you know this isn't it but it's it's nice to get a win and uh you know if you'll keep it rolling. No, it's it. <laughs> it's it's it. I mean unless unless you see the Bills with a banged-up Shady McCoy heading in against the Jaguars' tough defense and getting a big win tomorrow. Then Mariota and company are going up to Foxborough to take on Tom Brady and company. Yeah, it's 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 over. <laughs> nice win by the Titans. Nice come-from-behind win, but it's over. I mean, unless... I'm not trying to make the, the Patriots out to be unbeatable because if there's ever a year... Where I could see a kind of come out of nowhere upset, it would be this year. But with that said, I am not seeing a come out of nowhere Titans upset of the Patriots. You'd have to see that running game just firing on all cylinders because you really trust Mariota to outduel Tom Brady. I I don't either at all. <laughs> so nice win, nice win by the Titans, but yeah, it's probably one and done for them. As far as the Patriots go. We've got this whole ESPN article, Seth Wickersham. We'll have some audio coming up here in a little bit. But it just begs the question with Belichick and where's his future because just a, a brief snapshot of the article, it's Kraft, Belichick, Brady, they're not all on the same page. A lot of it stems from Alex Guerrero, who... Is a trainer, basically, of Tom Brady's, and the Patriots wanted him away from the facility because some of his practices didn't mesh with the Patriots' medical staff, the training staff there, so that's a little bit of an issue. Belichick wanted to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Kraft intervened. He said no, so Belichick's bent about that. So all of these things are going on, and it's leading a lot of people to speculate whether Bill Belichick's going to be there or not going forward. I expect him to be there, but there are things that do make sense that could at least make you pause and say, well, it's not the lock of all locks. Might lose both of his coordinators, Josh McDaniels, Matt Patricia, they might be head coaches very soon. So if, I'll play the if game for a second. I fully expect Bill Belichick to be back. But if he isn't, I think it sets up something really interesting here. Because a lot of Tom Brady's career, it goes back to who's more valuable. Is it Brady or Belichick? It's that age-old debate that's becoming like, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame or not, (laughs) right? But here's the interesting scenario. If Belichick left and went elsewhere, you would have Tom Brady there in his 40s and we wouldn't just be evaluating the end of his career. We would be reevaluating the rest of his career. If he's 41 years old, 42 years old, and he's not the same guy, and he doesn't have as much success, because you know as well as I do, all people would say is, oh, Belichick, he's nothing without Belichick. He might just be, I don't know, like 42, and that's why he's not as good as he once was, but it wouldn't be viewed like that. So I think it's really interesting here where – Tom Brady, his legacy is solidified. I believe he's the GOAT. Most people believe he's the GOAT. He's going to go down as the greatest of all time. And if you don't have him as the greatest, you you can't have him less than two and make sense as a rational human being at all. So His legacy is solidified, but there's still a lot that could change at the end of it. It's so strange how a legacy can be solidified, yet there's still a lot to be worked out. It doesn't seem to make sense, but that's exactly what it is with Tom Brady at the end of his career. All right, 877-99 on Fox. That's your phone number. Tweet me at the No Show, N-O-E Show, is where you can reach me. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. This, by far, is the dumbest thing that has happened in the football season. I'm Brian No, This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. You're on Fox Sports Radio. on Fox. That's your phone number. Coming to you from the Geico Studios. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Falcons go for it on 4th and 1. Little Matt Ryan sneak. (laughs) I love when the... I had a flashback with commentators um, gushing over Tom Brady's sneak abilities. You know, where I'll never forget when Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer, I don't even know if he was with the Patriots at the time. He might've been starting for another team, but he had a fourth down sneak for a first down. And they're like, oh, he learned that from Brady. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, clearly. Because where else would he learn how to sneak the ball for a first down on fourth and one? I don't know. It's just silly, man. But The Falcons, uh, what do you know, Papa Bear? Falcons on the move, huh? Nice little drive by the Falcons. No? Not worried at all. Okay. Not worried at all. With the Falcons and their still very, very good offense. What did I say going into the game? As Tevin Coleman just knocks Alec Ogletree's helmet right off. The Rams are 28th in rush defense this year. And you're seeing the 1-2 combo. You're seeing a The impression of, you know, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, they're doing their impression of Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle. Not that far away, you know. The Georgia duo did their thing against Oklahoma over in Pasadena. And tonight it's Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman starting to get revved up here. They're starting to get it moving. And they're doing their thing in the L.A. Coliseum tonight. So right now for the game, you've got Devontae Freeman. He's over 60 yards rushing. So he's got 4.7 yards per clip. And Tevin Coleman, they're starting to use him a little bit more. But as a team, it's pretty good. 26 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. So the Falcons, if they're able to just rely on their running game, I always say it's like this in basketball. If you've got a reliable post game, you're just getting points in the paint. You know, that's a great asset to have. It's a big-time luxury to have where you're getting high-percentage shots one after another after another. If you're able to run the ball effectively, that's the same thing. It's just a high-percentage way to move the football. You're gaining chunks of yardage without a lot of risk. So if the Falcons can keep that up, they're going to be tough to beat. going to be tough to beat tonight. For all these Rams people are like, oh, Rams, Rams all day. Rams basically unbeatable. Why? Based on all their playoff history (laughs) and experience? Come on. By the way, this is the dumbest thing that's happened in football all season long. And I credit Papa Bear for bringing this up. He was jokingly talking about the national championship game on Monday between Alabama and Georgia, not meaning anything because As we all know, UCF had their championship parade. They have claimed themselves national champions of the season because, well, I mean, clearly they took down Auburn. And that, of course, signifies a national championship. This is the dumbest thing by far that has occurred this football season. All these people talking about, well, you know, Auburn, they beat... Georgia, and they beat Alabama, and so if UCF beat Auburn, well, then UCF, they should be the champs. It's like, oh, really? Tell me you're not really saying these things. Let's walk down this road for a second. You know who Auburn also lost to? Well, they lost to a few teams. They lost to, oh, look here, Clemson. That's right. Auburn lost to Clemson. You know, that same team who last week, Alabama, absolutely pulverized. (laughs) So, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't want to be crazy here or overreact, but maybe Alabama would be able to beat UCF. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be too crazy here. I know it's 2018 and... One of my resolutions on the air is to to not be too crazy. I don't want to say outlandish things, so I hope that doesn't violate it. But just maybe Alabama would be able to beat UCF. And I I don't know, UCF beating Auburn doesn't make it an automatic that UCF would beat Alabama. You know someone else who lost to Auburn? LSU. And, yep, that's the same LSU team that Alabama beat by two touchdowns. So like UCF if they were if they were just trolling us if they were jokingly trying to fire us up I, I would understand it and I would laugh as well but they're not they're being dead serious here they could not be more serious they really consider themselves to be national champions because they beat auburn and auburn beat the two teams that are in the championship game it's by far the biggest joke of the entire season. And by the way, I haven't even gotten to... You know, that's that's UCF Super Bowl, by the way, playing Auburn in the bowl game. And Auburn, you know, they're going to be bummed that they didn't make the college football playoff. So you take that into account as well, I mean, it's just... It's Looney Tunes. It's Looney Tunes stuff that UCF, they could beat Memphis a couple of times in Navy. And because they beat Auburn in their Super Bowl bowl game, which... Auburn's like, eh, all right, we'll, we'll try to win. We're not going to go out there and try to lose, but it's not their Super Bowl. It's not. It's their consolation prize to be in that bowl game. So that goes into it, too. So these people's goodness. Field goal by the Falcons. They're up 16-10 to now as the, the Rams got to stop. That was a nice drive by the Falcons. We're able to run the ball effectively. But hey, the Rams stopped them. Stopped them in the red zone, and if you can hold them to three points, keep it a one-possession game. That's a big stop for the Rams. It's a nice stop by the Rams. By the way, the uh, halftime entertainment on Monday: Kendrick Lamar. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, the rapper. It's good. You've got uh, Justin really? Timberlake.
5: <laughs> the rapper. You're not Timberlake. looking forward to
3: you're not looking forward to Kendrick. It's <laughs>
5: funny what, how you said it, Kendrick Lamar,
3: the rapper, <laughs> the rapper. Hey, listen, everybody checking out the show right now is not familiar that Kendrick Lamar is a rapper. That's all I'm saying, Papa Bear. That's all. But that's good. I think that's a great selection. Justin Timberlake for the Super Bowl, that's fine. I'm cool with that. It's all right. But I'm looking forward to Kendrick Lamar. I don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. Think about that. You got Trump there. By the way, some people are wondering if there's going to be any protesting during the anthem, during the national championship game with Trump in the building. And you got Kendrick. Kendrick isn't... um, he could qualify as outspoken, I would say. <laughs> so He's woke. I'm looking forward to what happens tomorrow night. I'm just happy they didn't book like REO Speedwagon or something, you know? It's something too safe. I like that it's edgy and you don't know what's going to happen with Kendrick Lamar. I'm cool with that. What were you going to say, Gavin? Oh, no no no, 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 nothing.
4: Although I do disagree, though. I think there's a lot of hype around Justin Timberlake's uh, new album and He's, I think, oh, yeah. gone country. Oh, stop it! So that might even be more exciting to see if he comes out in cowboy boots or something. I don't know.
2: Justin is that Timber-
4: the deal? He's gone country? Really? Th- th- that That is what I have I've heard. Um, I, I think on the the new album cover, he is seen in like the cowboy hat and the western attire. So I'm not sure if the actual music is going that direction, but yeah, I saw huh. him getting flack for it on social media. So. Huh. I don't know. It could be more, uh, more of an exciting halftime experience, but we'll see.
3: Which do you think is going to be better, Timberlake or Lamar?
4: Well, Lamar. Yeah, I mean, if you go, like, for me, Lamar, because I'm a fan of his music, but uh-huh. Justin Timberlake at halftime of football games generally has a little <laughs> extra.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It. So You do have a good points. Yeah, Can't forget Super Bowl 38. <laughs> what if he did that again? Now, who would he do it to? <laughs> See, your mind went slightly different because I was like, "Could they bring back Janet Jackson?" And then I thought, "Nah." And then you beat me to the punch. And well, who would be the, the new person? We'll have that next. Uh, we should put uh, should uh, put that online. We should split that to a vote. Eight um, seven seven ninety nine on Fox is your phone number. Also on Twitter. I got to get to some of the tweets at the no show NOE show coming up next the uh, fastest growing segment in radio history it's our end of the season review but first we've got Steve Desager to spin us around what's going on steve the obvious answer
0: is jessica beal of course really? just, Justin Timberlake is from <laughs> Memphis. He and his wife, Jessica Beale, are are minority owners of the Memphis Grizzlies. So if he's involved oh, in country music, okay. it's All really right. not as big a leap as you would think.
3: Meanwhile, well, I thought you were just throwing your you know, your like um no, I'm using logic here. I, I thought you were that throwing your occur. props out for Jessica Biel. Like, man, she looks good. I thought that's where you were going, Steve. I should have known you. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. Sorry I got you. The Atlanta Falcons no,
0: lead is now 16-10 to over the Rams in L.A. About six minutes to go in the third quarter. The Falcons have had to settle for a couple of short field goals. We'll see if that comes back to haunt them. And Matt Ryan, only 102 yards passing and sacked three times. There's a great stat pro football focus, which really gets deep into football stats. Aaron Donald, great defensive tackle of the Rams. Just in the first half, had 10 quarterback pressures, including a sack. It's right now, 16-10. Falcons, six and a half minutes to go in the third. Meanwhile, we could have a Tennessee at New England game next Saturday night, depending on tomorrow's result at Jacksonville. But Tennessee advances, eliminating Kansas City. In the playoff opener today, it was Titans trailing 21-3 third quarter. Tennessee wins the game 22-21. to Kansas City tight end Travis Kelsey left before halftime with a concussion. He had four receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Tennessee's last playoff win was 2003 today, third down conversions. They were great. Titans were 8 for 13 in those situations. Tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Buffalo at Jacksonville and then on Fox TV, Sunday at 4.30 Eastern time, Carolina at New Orleans. Last hour, Oakland officially announced the hiring of Coach John Gruden. Press conference coming on Tuesday. By the way, North Dakota State won the FCS title today for the sixth time in seven years, winning 17-13 over James Madison, which had won 26 straight games. Lots of upsets in college basketball number two duke has lost tonight at nc state 96 85 losses for number five xavier number 11 texas a&m and 14th ranked arizona today clemson in overtime beat louisville nba wins for boston golden states and cleveland back to you
3: man it was a huge conversion by the rams it was third and long and jared goff throws this out pattern it was blanketed it was great coverage by Desmond Trufant and he finds Robert Woods for a huge conversion and the Rams drive stays alive. That was big. That was big time right there. I'm Brian No, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Um, So uh, we wanted to do our... Ended the season blowout spectacular because we've had fun at the expense of our guy, Papa Bear, diehard Raiders fan. And so we thought we would do like the Raiders low light of the week because the Raiders got off to a 2 0 start and Papa Bear is just blowing me up. Super Bowl champs, we're going all the way, yada, yada. And so throughout the weeks of the season, we've had some fun pinpointing some of the low lights. So I don't know. I don't know if the intro music is long enough. For these low lights, I'm not going to do the season in review, but just a few of them. Just a few. Let's let's kick it off in style. Let's do it. End of the review, end of the year low light Raiders spectacular.
2: Go, go. I don't believe this call. They just dropped the snap. It was right in his hands.
1: It's time for the Raiders low light of the week. And the Raiders season is over. And the Raiders are being embarrassed
2: in Kansas City. In their biggest game of the year, I don't want to say they're playing their worst because they've had some bad ones. The game in Washington certainly was
1: miserable, but this one, considering the importance of the game, is
2: really hard to understand.
1: <laughs> and the Raiders have
2: just not shown up in any way today. 35-yard field goal attempt here by Giorgio Tavecchio. Well, he's been solid since taking over for oops, oops, what did you just <laughs> say? He was solid
1: since taking over for... <laughs> nope. Sebastian Janikowski misses a 35-yarder. Oops. Oops. And the Raiders are being overpowered now.
2: Oops. Oops. Derek gets out to his right. Derek going to run. He's got the first down. He dives for the pylon. Well, they're going to spot him. He's got the first down. He's got the first down. He's hurt. Derek hurt? He's still down. Oh, boy. <laughs> Derek Carr is over on the sideline. He's up now. He's up. He's up. He's up. We got hope. Where'd they spot him out? The two-yard line. Through the end zone and out of the end zone. The ruling on the field is a touchback. First down now. Fumbled the ball. (laughs) Derek Carr fumbled the ball. He lost the ball diving for the pylon. The Raiders are going to lose the game.
1: Oops. Oops.
2: (laughs) He missed another one. He's not looking to pass that ball.
1: Was the Raiders low light of the week. The Raiders have lost. lost.
3: There it is. There it is, Papa Bear. The season in review. What do you make of this? Uh, where do they end up? 6-10? and ten? Is that what the Raiders ended up? I think they ended up beating the Dolphins. <laughs> they did? That's true. And I was actually at that game. I was at the game with the lovely Christina. That's right. My birthday was the day before. So if there's ever a silver lining in this season, Papa Bear... Even though your Raiders a very, very disappointing six and ten season after they were twelve and four last season, uh, yes, they did beat my Dolphins, and that was the only NFL game I was in attendance of this entire season. So you've got that, got that to hang your hat on. Um. So, um. Oh, oh, oh! I forgot one of the best for Papa Bear because he is. He's such a Raider lover and a Patriot hater. This might be the best short little snippet of the Raiders season.
2: Touchdown, New England!
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think that just... I think we should run the whole thing back. I want to hear that You're... again.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll have time at the end of the show. Who knows? We've been talking a lot about this story about the Patriots supposedly there's infighting and craft and Belichick and Brady. They're not on the same page and oh, They're doomed and all this stuff, which is ridiculous. But Seth Wickersham, the ESPN writer was on with Jason McIntyre and he was talking about some of the things here. Listen to uh, the first thing that Seth has to say about the Patriots.
1: It's just somebody who embodies the spirit of the Patriots every week. I think that he gives it to younger players sometimes to reward them and keep them going. And, I just know that Tom has been vocal about the fact that, you know, no matter how many yards he throws for, how many game-changing throws he might make, you know, he's like, well, how come I never get this?
3: Yeah, so apparently Tom Brady, you gotta love this guy. He's so competitive, he is ticked off that he has not been named Patriot of the Week at all this season. And as Seth said right there, he typically goes to young guys, motivate them, but that's how competitive Tom Brady is. I love that. I love it, whereas I've, How can I not be Patriot of the Week? That's awesome. And that really, it showcases why, to a large extent, Tom Brady has been as successful as he has. He will be upset about not being named Patriot of the Week. Um, As far as the Jimmy Garoppolo's trade, Jimmy Garoppolo going over there to the the, uh, 49ers for a second-round pick, here's what Seth Wickersham had to say about that.
1: It just made no sense. I wanted to try to figure out, the answer to that question is best I could, and I think that Bill fell back into a corner. He and Robert Kraft had a long meeting, and he came out of it with the mandate to trade Garoppolo. It's absolutely what I've been told by multiple people over months.
3: Yeah, well, it seems to make sense. I think that's one of the things in the entire article that does make sense, where the price, what they got back for Jimmy Garoppolo, it was so small that... It seems to at least add up that Kraft ordered the code red and said, you will trade this guy. It does seem to add up. So if there's anything in the article that I think makes some sense, that's one of the things. And lastly, here's uh, the future as far as where Bill Belichick is going to be. Where would you put it at that Bill Belichick leaves at the end of the season?
1: Pretty low. I just think that there's a sense that it could happen and that he was so angry about the Garoppolo thing that that crossed his mind. Nobody knows. Nobody Only he knows that.
3: Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's – we've got an article and they're not completely on the same page – and the owner says, you trade this guy, and Belichick's like, ah, gosh, do I have to? And he's bent about it. Okay, there's some friction, but do I expect them to just go their separate ways because of this? Yes. No, I don't. Yes. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll oh. believe it when I see it. The emperor has no clothes. And, and look, as far as... What? <laughs> as far as Garoppolo goes, um, I, you know, let's not be completely sold on this guy. I think he's going to end up being the real deal. And with Bill Belichick completely behind Garoppolo, that's a pretty good endorsement that he might end up being the real deal. But this guy, let's think for a second here. He looked really good against mediocre competition for the most part. Let's walk through this real quickly. Seven touchdowns, five interceptions for Garoppolo. Yes, they were 1-10 in 10 before he got there. They won their final five straight. So five touchdowns. Our seven touchdowns, five picks, it's not the most unbelievable production there is on the face of the earth. Yeah, you take into account who he has to throw to, and it's not a who's who of receivers. So to hit the ground running with the 49ers, it's impressive, but just to an extent. At the end of the day, it's seven touchdowns and five picks. And the other thing is who it was against. At the Bears, at the Texans. Bears think Texans are worse with all their injuries. Final game of the year was against the Rams, who were resting everybody. So three of these five wins, it's like, well, they kind of come with an asterisk. All I'm saying is, this dude could turn out to be the real deal. I think he's going to be the real deal. But it's not the stone-cold lock of the century that he will be based on who he was performing against. It's just the truth. All right, I checked the tweets coming up at the No Show, NOE Show. And, to close out the show, fearless predictions. We've got two playoff games tomorrow. We've got the national championship game on Monday. And some reaction to the playoff game that we already had today. we got lots to do. We're picking them up and putting them down here. Final segment. I'm Brian No, This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, here on Fox Sports Radio, coming to you from the Geico Studios. Great news. It's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. And in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Man, how about this? On this day back in 1994, that's when figure skater Nancy Kerrigan was attacked. Remember that whole story? Tanya Harding trying to trying to win gold, and all of a sudden, just the right knee of Nancy Kerrigan was struck with a metal baton. That's a great trivia question. I didn't remember that. Gavin, do you remember what Nancy Kerrigan's knee was struck with? I didn't know that. Not at metal all. Metal baton. Yeah. Mm. If Sounds. you go on Jeopardy and Alex Trebek throws that question at you, you'll get that one right. All right. Yep. You're all over that one. Yeah. How about that? 1994. That's back when Slayer released Divine Intervention, you know, Terrible which I'm sure album. is one of your favorite. Oh, God, no. Stop it. No. Stop. One of the best albums in no. metal history. You kidding me? <laughs>
2: Ninety four,
3: dude. Ninety four was what? Twenty? How many? Twenty? Uh, wow. Twenty four years ago. Twenty four years. Why? Yeah. Yeah. The why? That's. It's funny because it's almost the same sound as Papa Bear talking about why he backed the Rams tonight.
5: The game's not over yet, my friend.
3: Real? Okay. All right. Still. Still were staying true, at the Rams. Okay. Were you saying?
5: Were you asking why my Raiders beat your Dolphins? <laughs> why? Why?
3: No, I was like, uh, it's uh, not that hard to figure out. Actually, <laughs> the Dolphins weren't that good this year. By the way, in the playoff game going on right now that we're talking about in such a loving way, Matt Bryant just hit a fifty-four-yard field goal for the Falcons. That's a big kick, man. Made it a two-possession game. Falcons now lead nineteen to ten. And just think about it. He misses that. It's a short field. The Rams are in business, only down by six points. Now, all of a sudden, they're down 19-10. to 10. They're backed up deep in their own territory. A running play was stuffed on first down as we start the fourth quarter. That's a huge kick, just an absolute huge kick by Matt Bryant. His fourth field goal of the night, so he's hit a 51- and a 54-yard field goal. It's pretty big, pretty big. A little bit earlier, Alex Smith said the loss to the Titans was the toughest playoff loss he's had to endure. And think about that. He's had a couple of tough ones. The NFC title game against the Giants, where it's a low-scoring game and Kyle Williams muffs the punt, and that's how the, the 49ers lose. That's to go to the Super Bowl. This is the wild card round, but that lets you know just how frustrating it was today. You think about it from Alex Smith's perspective. He played great. Played virtually flawless football, and to see a game just melt away like that, that's got to be brutal. It's tough as a fan. If you're a diehard Chiefs fan and you're watching the Titans just run the ball down the Chiefs' throat and they can't do anything about it, that is just so demoralizing. Imagine how it felt for Alex Smith, the opposing quarterback on the sideline. Like, oh my gosh. Someone just make a stop over here. All right, before we get to the fearless predictions, one quick thing I wanted to point out in the Seth Wickersham article, ESPN, talking about the Patriots' dysfunction and all this stuff. The beginning of the end. There's one thing that made a lot of sense. There's a story before last week's game, the home finale for the Patriots. They hosted the Jets. And, of course, the Jets have hardly any shot whatsoever to win that ball game. What does Belichick do? It's 13 degrees out. It's sub-zero with the wind chill. Belichick had the equipment guys hang thermometers in the hallway outside the Jets' locker room, just to mess with them. Just to mess, so it felt colder than it actually was. I love that story, and it does show you something important. It shows you how Belichick is wired, where he would go to this level against a team led by Bryce Petty at quarterback, who, by the way, couldn't get his helmet on. Right? Remember that that shot where he couldn't fit his helmet over his head because he had a little winter hat or something on his head. So you're facing that team, and yet, even though you've got all these advantages all over the place, you're not taking it for granted, and you're looking for that one little extra edge. It does show you how he's a master at preparation, and it does show you how Spygate does come to be, right? It does show you that. So I give him credit on one hand for being a master at ne- leaving no no screw unturned right but on the other hand that has gotten him into trouble because he doesn't know when to say when he doesn't know when to say ah that's cheating so Sheet. no yeah he has bent the rules before there's no Sheet. denying that but it was one thing that out of that article i found very interesting and it's just a little oh by the way nugget all right we got some fearless predictions Papa Bear, if you've got some football music or even the Top Gun music from earlier, when I was reading the joint statement from Kraft, Belichick, and Brady, that would work well with our fearless predictions. There you go. I like that. Um. Well, we know this Rams game is going to tighten up, but the Rams are going to lose. We know that, right, Papa Bear? Are we willing to agree on that or no? Uh, no. Still keeping no hope. Okay, keeping hope alive. That's fine. Tomorrow, the Jags roll. It's going to be a very low-scoring game. I don't see the Bills scoring many points at all. Shady McCoy is a huge part of their offense, 33% of their offense. I don't expect him to be effective, even if he plays. So I think the Jags are going to have their way with the Bills. That's They're going to win by double digits in a low-scoring game. Saints, that is a tough game to call, man. I'm going to go Saints win it in a close one. I don't, I don't know that the Saints cover the spread, but I think they get the win at home against the Panthers. That I just don't trust them offensively. National championship game, I'll take the points with the George Bulldogs. I would not be shocked if they win it outright. If you got to go one way or the other, I'm going with the Dogs to take care of business and to bring home the crown. See how it unfolds. All right, everybody, enjoy the ball tonight, the ball tomorrow, and the ball on Monday. I'm Brian. No, have a great night. We'll see you.